Baylor is the best university on earth, and I can back that up. You are Locked On Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to Locked On Baylor. I am graduating college today from Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears. Thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day for over a year now and for making Locked On Baylor a huge part of what the last four years have been for me. I am of the belief that the this time period, 2019 to 2023, is the best four years that anyone could have ever gone to Baylor and that this university is the best university on earth. The first thing that I remember about being on campus, and it's, it still hangs up right here, football season 2019, Baylor, th- the questions of how good that team was going to be in 2019. The, uh, I just I just don't know how good this team's going to be. They rip off 11 wins the regular season. They host college game day and eventually play in the Sugar Bowl. Fast forward to 2020, COVID hits. The end of that year into 2021, Baylor wins a national championship in men's basketball. Then in 2020, was it 2022, I guess, New Year's, Baylor goes to the Sugar Bowl, wins it again. And then this year, granted, one of the more disappointing years of the four, uh, but still, the way those three carry, and even what softball is doing this year, and, and the place that that team has in my heart has been huge. Uh, but if you don't know, Baylor was my dream school pretty much from the time that I was in the in the fifth, sixth grade. Uh, I'll date myself, uh, which is kind of weird. Don't it's like also a little illegal. Um, they they call it schizophrenia. I don't think that's what schizophrenia is actually. I will date myself. I. Um, was in like fifth or sixth grade when RG3 has that wild breakout game, first game of the year against TCU, and it puts his name on the map. And Baylor was so cool to me because of that. Uh, I remember Baylor and Arkansas played a Super Regional in, in Waco. I was at the time a massive Arkansas fan. I grew up a huge Hog fan, um, grew up in the middle of Arkansas where everybody was that. My grandmother was so upset when I didn't go to the University of Arkansas, which was my original dream school when I was tiny, tiny. But then Arkansas and Baylor play in that series, and I remember being such an avid Arkansas fan and really wanting the Hogs to go to the World Series to beat Baylor and Waco. And as you know, tragic for the Bears, they Baylor blows out game one. They have the series lead and then lose the next two, both in heartbreaking fashion. And probably the best Baylor baseball team of all time doesn't go to the World Series. Arkansas does. At the time, I loved it. I was super excited because I was a Razorback fan. But I, I, I knew, like, oh, my gosh, feed the beaver. That's awesome. I, I want to go to a college that has that. I want to go to the, the feed the beaver. I want to go to the, the Heisman winner's university. I want to go see the Heisman Trophy. Uh, I, I want to go to a Christian institution. I want to go somewhere where faith is an emphasis and where they do things the right way. And from that moment, from that series, from RG3 against TCU to RG3 winning the Heisman, uh, my family and I, we've all became huge Baylor fans. To give you perspective, I grew up in a town, Valonia, Arkansas, population 3,518. I graduated with 244 students. Two of us went to college out of state. One to Central Michigan, myself to Baylor. I was the first one in over a 200-year history of our high school to go to Baylor University. So when I got a, when I got to campus, when I went to Lion Camp, I met a ton of kids whose mom went to Baylor, their dad went to Baylor, their whole family. Like knew a girl who lived in Collins who lived in the same room as both her mother and her grandmother, unrenovated room, by the way. 
And for me, they kept they would ask, you know, what's your Baylor connection? Like a brother, a cousin, something. I to that point did not know anyone that had ever gone to Baylor. I had no connections to the university. I had not stepped foot on campus. Here's a wild story. I came to Baylor for the first time, um, my junior year of high school, had a, a plan to visit the University of Arkansas a week and a half later. Got to Baylor, did a tour on a Saturday, went all the way around campus, and we pretty much decided on site before we go to Arkansas, let's cancel that trip. We're not going to waste our time. This is where I want to go. I had narrowed it down to Baylor, Arkansas, uh, and Harding University, which is a small school in, in the home state. And Baylor all the, all the way was where I wanted to be. Now, it, it, it hasn't been perfect. Obviously, I have become one of the, I don't want to say dissenters for Baylor, but I, I try to throw things a little more down the middle. Um, I, I guess I'm a, a cynic by nature. But in the last four years, we have seen some interesting and not great stuff. Uh, one of the big things that was that originally prevented me from getting to Baylor uh, conveniently was was money. At the time, it was $40,000 a year in tuition to attend the university. Now it's $52,000, $53,000 a year in tuition alone to send your kids to Baylor. I don't think that's okay. Um, I, I am sad to know that when I have kids one day and they want to go to Baylor, that it will be at this trajectory close to what? $75,000, $100,000 a year. So if it say it's 20 years from now, close to $75,000, $100,000 a year for my kids to go to this school. It's my dream school. Um, don't love that. Of course, the, the journalism department was integral, though. Scholarships were huge. Um, I had so many opportunities to go and work. A at any point in time in college, um, I, I had to work to, to live in, in that, like to have the, the room that I have. I had to work and, and Locked On is part of that. So thank you for part of my paycheck this, this month to the listeners and to Locked On. Uh, and then working at Sikkim 365. I was the lariat for a year and a half. I wrote an article. And it's sitting up here. And says Bears could accidentally win Big 12. This was August of my freshman year going into that football season. I told you there's a lot of, uh, of ifs, how Baylor is going to be that year. I wrote an editorial, an opinion piece um, for the Lariat that said Baylor will win a Big 12 championship and go 11 and 1. I predicted every game, I predicted how the games would go, I predicted college game day would be in town for Oklahoma and Baylor. And sure enough, sure enough. It happened. Baylor went 11-1. I predicted every single game correctly. I remember Bruce Geetson, the director of media at the time, he's now retiring this year, sat me down. It was the first column I'd ever written for the Lariat. I was on the TV side, but we still had to write columns. And Bruce said, Drake, you can't be serious about this. I said, what do you mean, Bruce? He said, Baylor's not going to win 11 games. I, like, I, I, we can run this, but you're going to look like an idiot. if you run, You're, you're going to be the, the wide-eyed freshman who said Baylor's going to go 11-1 this season. It's not going to happen. I said, Bruce? I think they will. I'm going to stand by it. If I'm the idiot, some crazy things have been written in this newspaper. Go ahead and print it. Baylor's going to go 11-1. I'll predict it game by game. Sure enough, they printed it, and it is framed at my desk now because it was the first article that I ever had published in a newspaper, and it predicted correctly August 27th that Baylor would um, that Baylor go 11-1 in the regular season, play for Big 12 championship, and that was the spark for me. I mean, my, my first job was the Lariat. I told you for a year and a half as a managing editor at LTVN, worked games on the sidelines. That's where I got connected. I uh, worked a game with IMG Radio. I'll get into it a little bit later, too, because this is just, I want to unpack some of the wilder stories of my time at Baylor. 
the the IMG radio gig was huge. I was a freshman, sophomore year. John Morris calls me. Um, that was my freshman year. John Morris calls me and says, hey, what are you doing during spring break? And I was like, first, you're John Morris. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, ah, da. I'm, go I'm going home or I'm doing whatever you need me to do. And John goes, okay, uh, can you fly with the softball team to Houston and Florida and do the games on IMG? And I said, uh, I will cancel the plans that I don't have and absolutely do that. One of the cooler experiences that I've gotten in college. And I'm so thankful for John for that opportunity. But went from the Lariat, worked that one-off IMG game, uh, worked my, my third semester there as a managing editor, didn't I got burnt out and got an offer from Sigma 365? Had been hosting their um Saturday football post game show with JD Piquel, who is world famous now. And got once we got out of that, did Up Tempo, which was a three hour a day radio show. That I, I say radio, it was like a multimedia show. We we had cameras in there and we did a lot of really cool stuff, dead or alive. We had music Mondays, uh, we had the Bear Games question of the day for me as a 19 year old at the time and a sophomore in college for JD, someone who was really green in the industry, we were thrown into the fire and there are still, I still go back and watch those shows and I'm entertained. Uh, I'm entertained. We didn't always get it right. We weren't, we weren't great radio for sure, but we, we tried hard and we had a blast. And a lot of people that listened had a blast. We, we built a little cult following because we were genuinely ourselves, uh, which pissed some people off too. And um, it, it maybe it's maybe it is narcissistic to think that me being genuinely genuinely myself and and not veering from that was a good thing. But it's a decision that I made that JD made. Uh, we were off the air in six months and and never got back. But wrote for Sikkim three sixty five as their beat writer for football and basketball for two years, and then loved that. Um, and left the company for a really great offer at Sports Illustrated uh, to work at Inside the Bears and be credentialed in football and basketball again, work on the SI side. I still have um, one of the plates. When we went to BYU, they had these little name plates at everybody's desks, and mine said Drake Toll, Sports Illustrated, and it's one of the cooler things somewhere on my desk. One of the cooler things that I have, um, and Provo, that was one of the cooler trips that I got to, to go on over the course of college, and one of the cooler things that I've gotten to to eat is a built bar yeah that's right i'm gonna throw one of these in here built bar is the place to go it is my favorite snack of college i love a bang energy drink and built bar i have planned out to, today for my graduation at 2 30 o'clock if p.m central time for my graduation i um i have a bang in my fridge that i saved actually for my grad photos uh that i took with with my grad photos that i'm going to drink at graduation uh, with a built bar. I told you a bang a day and a built bar. That's how I do everything. And so I'm going to have a bang tomorrow. My my coveted bang that I've saved for a month. I'm a very superstitious person. May not have known that. But I'm going to use that um, along with my built bar. Because I, I went to Sam's Club. I went to Walmart. And I got four bar boxes, 13 bar boxes. I bought it all. I did it all. I went to built.com. And I ordered on built.com. You know, Bird Dogs one of our new sponsors too. Damn straight. I get a free pair of Bird Dogs. Yeah. Yeah. I love this company. That's awesome. Uh, I still host Locked On Baylor. I'm going to continue to host Locked On Baylor throughout my time in Alaska, by the way. I'll talk about that later. Just thought I'd throw that caveat in there. As you eat your Built Bar, Built.com, Sam's Club, Walmart, Built.com. Yeah, uh, I will be with Locked On Baylor for a while. Um, I'm also moving back to Waco in August to cover Baylor more closely, at least for a little bit longer. So I, I'm not going away yet, which probably pisses off some of you, but I'm staying put. Um, the... The, some of the best stories that I've had in college. Day, I mean, dating back to freshman, I went to two Sugar Bowls. I stood on the sideline of a Sugar Bowl thanks to the Lariat and working for the Lariat. Yeah, I did PA for Baylor softball, which is awesome. Um, got to follow that team. That that's where I'll, I'll land. One of my one of the wildest stories. IMG Radio. So John calls. 
I go down to Houston. I do a two-game series, a doubleheader. Two-game series at Houston. Baylor sweeps it. Game one, it's like a one to nothing. Gia Rodoni's two outs away from a perfect game. And I'm, I don't want to say it. Like my first game, I was like, I can't say what's happening, everyone. Um, but thought I did really well. Game two, there were a couple home runs, which were awesome to call. And fell in love with the program, fell in love with, with what Glenn Moore is doing and, and who he is. And him and I have created a really strong bond then. And that helped get me the PA job later down the road. But what happens is after this Houston series, they get us all in plane. We fly from Houston the next one. Oh, by the way, they stay in very nice hotels. We stayed in a super nice hotel. They put us all on a plane and they fly us out to, to Florida. Uh, we get on a plane from, or, or I guess it's Jacksonville. We get on a bus from Jacksonville to Gainesville. And Chris DePerdle, the SID at the time, tells me, hey, it's it's like a tradition, the the inaugural, inaugural bus ride. You have to sing karaoke. I got out of it. I got out of it because we didn't get very, very many bus rides. Sitting in my hotel room, watching the TV that night, Rudy Gobert touches a bunch of microphones and is diagnosed with COVID-19. So we all were like, oh, what does that mean? I guess we're just going to keep playing this series. And then the SEC tournament, the Big 12 tournament, the Big East tournament, these conference basketball tournaments start falling apart one by one. And we realized, uh, myself, you know, super new to this whole like TV radio thing and being around this college team, we realized we might not get to play this weekend. Florida calls. They say, hey, we're still, we're still on. We're good to go. And a half hour goes by. They call back. Hey, we're good to go. No fans. Another half hour. We're good to go. No fans, no family, nobody in the stadium, just the teams. And then within an hour, it was, hey, we're going to get on a plane tonight. Pack everything up. We have to go now. What was interesting, too, um, they eat it. They oh, not only they stay really nice hotels, they eat at the Cheesecake Factory. Glenn Moore and I ate Cheesecake Factory together. It was awesome. I got like a three course meal at that place, too. Completely paid for. It was so dope. We get on a plane, though, COVID 19. And I remember the, the aura of of not just the the plane but especially the bus on the way back as seniors thought will I ever play softball again and, and some of them did not their entire career the softball career cut short in the middle of their senior campaign uh, and a really good team too they were a really strong contender to make some noise number 18 of the country when the time uh, the season fell apart so seeing that emotion from those players was weird um harrowing you know their their season cut short in the middle the baseball team had just gotten back from a trip to california and they all had been put in like quarantine and so as soon as we got back they didn't tell us this but they kind of they nudged us you know hey you might want to get back soon unless we get you know we could get put in quarantine so i grabbed all my stuff i had a beat on everybody else everybody else was gone for spring break i grabbed all my stuff out of my dorm room I took all of it from Waco that I could back to Arkansas. Little did I know I would not see that dorm room and the remnants that I left for another three months. We all got to come back three months later for a big, um, maybe it was four months. It was a while later for a big Baylor clear out. They cleared out the dorms. You know, you come in and you grab all your stuff and you leave. And it was so weird that when I walked back in four months later, everything was exactly where, like books left open from when I was studying to leave for spring break sitting on my desk. Um, and I, I, you know, I didn't have them because we'd all gone home. We had, we had no access. They would not let us back in the dorm room for four months unless there was an extenuating circumstance. So coming back to that was, was wild. Um, and then obviously that year was a great athletic year. Basketball was really solid. Could have been so good in the tournament. Kim Mulkey's still here. Women's basketball. They were so good. You go into the next season and you get uh, a really bad football year. Two and seven was not great to follow along with, but then basketball comes back with a national championship. One of the weird parts to me about that basketball national championship is I, I still don't know if I'm love that if I love that I went 
and, and it's a very privileged thing to say. I understand that. And I'm so blessed to have been in the stands live watching Baylor men's basketball win the it, its first national championship for the university. But the videos, the pictures, the chaos and mayhem that occurred in Waco amongst all of my friends would have been. Um, and people we talk about stories all the time from that night and and some wild things. Some of my fraternity brothers did that night, the couches that were burned. And I always think like, oh, because it was a weird environment. There weren't a lot of people in the stadium due to COVID. And I didn't know anybody I was sitting with. I was there for work. So I, I kind of just sat alone and took it all in, which was great in its own right. Um, but to have been in Waco, to be with those people would have been nuts. And I got my taste of that after the McPlay. The, the, the national championship, this is controversial. The national championship was great. Awesome. Pinnacle moment of Baylor sports maybe in history. The Big 12 championship McPlay was the best single moment of my four years at Baylor University. I'm in the press box. Kendall Cout is to my left. And I had written all, I was doing the, the Sikkim 365 game recap that had to release as soon as the game was over. And I had written a script, a, a, an article that said Baylor football has won the game. I'd always predict it like the third quarter and start writing. And if they lost, I would have to scrap it and start over. Uh, but when they lose, you don't have to you know, send it out as fast. I had written that Baylor had won. And then obviously it looked like Baylor was not going to win. And Blake Shapin had gotten hurt. So they weren't going to be able to march the ball down the field if Oklahoma State scored. And there is press box etiquette. You have to act. There's, there's straight and narrow. There's no celebrating. You are to like be silent in the press box. Well, I pay, I, there's a lot of money that goes into me being at this university. And when McVeigh makes the play, uh, when, he, when he gets tackled at the goal line, I like left hand around Kendall Couch's shoulders, right hand around his head, grab him and go, ah, ah, just like the most graphic, terrible noises that you've heard. And had to, had to like, Pull myself off of him. He also was kind of hitting me too. He he was into it. Had to pull myself off of him, look around, and I it's the only time in a press box. And I've seen some wild ones. I've seen some wild plays. Only time in a press box where the whole place was going nuts. Everybody could not believe what had just happened on that field. It was a Hail Mary, but better. And that moment of euphoria, Baylor had won a Big 12 championship. Since I got to college. Baylor has won a Big 12 title in football, two of them in basketball, a national championship in basketball, a couple of Big 12 titles in women's basketball. The baseball team has had some, a couple of ups. They beat Arkansas that one time, and I was in attendance, and that was really fun. That was my freshman year. The softball team this year, as darn good as they are. The men's tennis team going all the way to the national championship. Uh, you know, I, I just don't know if I could have asked for a better four-year stretch at Baylor, even despite COVID. I served, so oh, I wasn't very good. Transparently, I was bad. I was the freshman class president, sophomore class president, junior class president, and then, no, 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 I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't on student government. Oh, I was representative. I was Senate member. I was something. And then senior class vice president. So I got to see the student government side too, which was a really unique perspective um, and work. So I worked for Lariat, fraternity, student government, seeing all of these big Baylor events and being so connected with the university was huge. And... Um, as I get as I get here, as I graduate today, I haven't been as emotional as I thought I would be. There's the whole like scruff senior week stuff that's going on. I haven't been as emotional as I thought I would be. 
I have loved these four years, but I'm of the firm belief that if you do college right, it goes by in the right amount of time. People say, oh, it flies by. It goes by so fast. Uh, I think if you do it right, it goes by an appropriate amount. You should be worn out. And guys, I'm worn out as I leave this place, knowing that I'll never do homework again. So if I can give you, if you're a college student, you've made it this far on the show. If I can give you three pieces of advice, these are three keys that I've learned since my start at Baylor University. And if you are a parent of college kid or someone who's uh, aspiring to go to college, I encourage you to, to tell them this. This is how I had success in college. Number one, redefine success. It is not a job. Success is not money. Success is not having status or winning awards. Success is having community. If you've got community, if you can, if you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, wow, I, I've got, I have got good community, then you're successful. What is good community? That's a community that's grounded in love. If you got a community that knows that love above all else is the highest calling, then you're successful. You have success if you have community. You have community if you have love. And if you have love, you have success. It's the first, the first nugget. I I, I really, I really hope that that's how you define success. Because it's how I do now. Second nugget, an 89 and a 98 are the exact same grade in a course if those nine points are spent doing something awesome. You're only in college, hopefully, once for four years. You're only an undergrad once for four years. You you don't get to do that again. You don't get to go fountain hopping again. Um, you, you don't get to do stupid stuff like that with very minimal consequences again. And now is your chance to skip two days of school and go to that concert, fly to Denver, save up a bunch of money, fly to Denver for one weekend and go snow skiing with two friends. Do that. Do that stuff while you're in college. Because if you lose nine points doing it, I promise you those nine points, they don't matter for employers. They they, they don't matter for employers. That, those nine points matter when they're spent doing something awesome. And you have really caught me. I, I was scrolling through my phone before the show of like, what can I legally talk about? I have done so much awesome stuff in college, especially since I learned to forfeit those nine points. Last, unless you're going to med school and whatever, and you get, you need those nine points. <laughs> Last but not least, um, I, I really am do it all, <laughs> do it all. I am not upset. I don't regret anything I did in college. I went, I went to a national championship in men's basketball. I went and saw TCU in Georgia play. I went and worked on Cape Cod for a summer. I'm going to Alaska. Um, I spent a summer in Waco, which is one of the best things that I, I could have ever done. I've fallen in love with the city and the people here. I worked at Waco tours, still do, and and loved my time there. Go, go do it all. Go do it all because there is there is so much to enjoy about Waco. Um, and a lot of times this is this is tough. This is the a part of the do it all. A lot of times, um, my barber was telling me about this. There are people who go to Baylor, they graduate, they come back to his barber chair a couple years down the road. They're miserable. People, you know, they're depressed. Um, they got married too early. And, and one of the big things is Baylor facilitates your community. Baylor's going to give you community through line camp and jazz. Uh, you you don't have to build your own. You're not forced into that. You're not forced into the real. Baylor's not even close to the real world. You're not forced into that here. You've got to go out and meet people in Waco that have no affiliation to Baylor University. People that call Waco home and don't call Baylor home and have no connection to Baylor. A lot of those people exist. Majority of the town is that way. You've got to go find those people and learn from those people because the real world and Baylor are two very different things. And I'm glad that he communicated with this, this to me so that I kind of knew 
before I fully jumped in. Because, uh, I, again, I, I've worked up to five jobs. You know, I've poured in the China Spring community and the Waco community, and that has been so crucial that I feel sturdy as I graduate college. But so many of my friends I know are going to be miserable in a year because they, they didn't find community on their own. They didn't learn what it was like to move to uh, Denver and have to create new friends and have to meet new people and have to put themselves out there. You can't be reclusive in, in the real world and have communities. You can't have success if you're reclu reclusive. So go out and, and, and number one, redefine success. Number two, that nine points, spend it doing something awesome. And number three, know that you're going to have to facilitate your own community one day and learn how to do it early on because it's going to be crucial. I've had a great four years. I'll be back on Monday doing a show about sports too. I just want to do something sentimental today because I'm going to miss this place. I'm not going to miss you guys. Uh, you're not going to miss me. I'll be back on Monday. Thank you guys for making Locks on Bailey your first listen every single day. This podcast is awesome. I love you. This has been It Always Will Be. Locked on Baylor.